0: Good morning, sorry, I was still muted. Uh, Still half asleep apparently. If you don't know uh, my name, I'm Lydia and it's lovely to be with you this morning. I wanted to start by asking us a few questions about things we might maybe believe in or things we might maybe doubt. This will make more sense as I uh, say these. So, if you agree with the sort of statements, <laughs> questions I'm going to say, I want you to put your hand firmly up in the air. If you don't agree, keep it down, okay? I want to cause maybe some controversy this morning. Is it okay to eat food in bed? <sighs> so some of us yeah think so. Some of us are definitely not okay. Is it okay to drink coffee or tea in the shower? <laughs> a few, a few less of us, okay. But yes, my people. Is it okay to wear shorts in winter? <laughs> a few, a few firm believers in that, I feel. Is it okay to eat chocolate for breakfast? <laughs> oh, that was surprising amount of adults said yes to that, okay. Is it okay to wear odd socks? Yeah, that's quite a lot of people think that, okay? Is it okay to use the same knife in different spreads? (laughs) That one might be the most contentious one yet. Okay, is it okay to go to the supermarket in your pajamas? There's, there's a few of us, more, more of the younger members of the congregation, I feel. And then last one, is it okay to lock the doors and pretend you're not in if somebody calls that you don't want to talk to? <laughs> yeah, a few, a few of us are going to admit to that. A few of us aren't going to admit to that. Wow. Whatever we think about these, and these are all quite silly, you might now be seriously questioning some of the people around you, like, what? You use the same knife in your butter and your marmite? What is wrong with you? Um, but yes, we all have different things that we believe in or different things that we think are okay or different things that we think that's really not okay. But the last one, that, that idea of locking the doors and hiding away, that's actually how we find the disciples of today's story, and they're not hiding out of kind of petty avoidance, they're hiding out of real uh, fear and they're probably feeling quite strange after the events of Easter weekend. But something amazing happens in today's story and they meet Jesus just like we saw in that video, right where they're at in that locked room. So I'm gonna read from John chapter 20, starting at verses 19. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So we're going to keep reading in a minute what happens next. But Jesus meets his friends, his disciples, in the middle of where they're at, in the middle of their fears, in the middle of their uncertainties and their questions, their concerns. He quite literally breaks through their defenses. We're not really sure how he entered that room. Did he walk through the walls? did he teleport we don't know the answer to that question which I think is a bit sad because I would love to know the answer to that question but all we know is that Jesus was suddenly amongst his friends even though they had locked the doors and his first words to them are peace be with you in the middle of fear and uncertainty Jesus is quick to say actually peace my presence me being with you that brings you peace the peace of knowing Jesus. And as well as peace, he offers them proof of who he is, doesn't he? His personhood, that he is who they think he might be. He shows them the scar marks of the crucifixion. He shows them that it is him, and they are overjoyed, and they believe. And the amazing thing I think about Jesus is he not only meets the disciples where they're at, but he also sends them out from that place, doesn't he? He commissions them. He breathes his Holy Spirit onto them. So Jesus meets his disciples. He brings his peace, his presence, and his power. And let's read on in the passage. We're going to read from verses 24 to 29 now. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So now we've met Jesus friends. Now we get to meet Thomas, who, for whatever reason, he wasn't with the disciples the first time. And the disciples run to him. They tell him, don't they? Like we saw in that video. They say, "We've met him. We've met him, Thomas. We've seen Jesus." But he refuses to believe it. He hasn't seen it with his eyes. He refuses to believe what the disciples are saying. And he knows. He's adamant of the proof he needs. He needs to see those nail marks. He, he says, "I will unless I see the nail marks, I will not believe." So he knows in his head quite clearly what he thinks it is that he needs. So a week later, we kind of get this almost deja vu scene, don't we, where Jesus appears again, and he miraculously again appears into the middle of a locked room. And all the while, he knows Thomas is there, he knows Thomas is doubting, he knows Thomas is questioning, he knows what Thomas needs. And what I think is wonderful is he gives Thomas exactly the same opportunity he gave the other disciples. He showed the other disciples his wounds, didn't he? And he says to Thomas, look, look at my wounds. Place your hands in my scar. He knew what Thomas needed to believe, and he obliged. Jesus met Thomas where he was at. I think sometimes we can read verse 27, which I'll just recap. Stop doubting and believe, that last bit. We can sometimes think, oh, Jesus is rebuking Thomas here. You know, we can almost read it as, stop it, Thomas, just believe, come on, get your act together. But I actually wonder if a better way to read that verse is through the lens of Jesus comforting Thomas. Have you ever been present when somebody's woken up from a nightmare or had a big shock and you're trying to comfort them, aren't you? And one of the things you will say is, "Shh, "Shh, it's okay, I'm here, I'm here. You try and assure them of your presence, don't you? And that's one of the most comforting things we can do. And I think that's what Jesus is saying to Thomas here. He's saying, shh, it's okay. It's me. I'm real. I'm here. I'm for you. I think that was what he's saying when he says, stop doubting and believe. Stop thinking that this can't be true because I'm standing in front of you, Thomas, and I love you. You're okay, you're going to be okay because I'm here. So like I said, I think Thomas is comforting. I mean, I think Jesus is comforting Thomas here. Because let's face it, there would have been a rollercoaster of emotions. Thomas and his friends would have watched Jesus die or would have heard about Jesus dying. And their hopes would have been crushed. And it would have been very easy to lose faith and to lose any sense of perspective. And Jesus knows exactly who Thomas is, exactly what he needs to feel seen and to feel whole and to feel loved. It is us who give Thomas the nickname Doubting Thomas, isn't it? Not Jesus. Jesus doesn't say that. So if today in in your humanity, you are doubting Jesus for whatever reason, hear his words as comfort here. Peace be with you. Believe. Believe. Let's finish the chapter. Start reading verses 30 and 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So we've looked at how Jesus met the disciples. We've looked at him meeting Thomas And now I want to think about how he might meet us this morning. And I think firstly, it's really important to say, actually, he meets us through his word. So he says here that I just read, these things are written that you may believe in Jesus. So that is why we have the Bible. Sometimes we might wonder, why have we got this book of God's story? Well, it's to help us know about who God is, who Jesus is, and what he has worked through history and that he is with us and for us. It's not a a book just written for the sake of it. It's written so that we may encounter Jesus. And that's why we read it. That's one of the most important reasons we might read it, so that we might believe in Jesus, and in believing in him, have life in his name. So he meets us through his word. Secondly, he meets us in our circumstances. So wherever we find ourselves today, Jesus knows all about where you are at. If you're locked in a room like the disciples, if you're full of doubts, if you're in a great place, if you're doubting where your next electricity bill is going to come from, if you can't see any evidence of God working in your life, if you're scared about something, if you're anxious about something, Jesus knows just like he knew with the disciples, and just like he knew with Thomas, and thirdly, Jesus knows what we need in these moments, and he is longing to comfort us. I think our greatest need as humans is realized in this chapter. I think we see it in verses 28 and 31. So in verse 28 we get Thomas 's declaration when he realizes it is Jesus. He says, "My Lord." and my God. And then verse 31, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. So what our greatest need is, we need to see Jesus for who he really is. A bit like those pictures where Eleanor showed us the two faces merged together. We need to see Jesus for who he is, our Messiah, our hope, our comfort. We need to take a minute and think about uh, yourself. Where are you at following Easter weekend? Are you riding the high of the empty tomb? Are you still in that place of celebration and joy? Or are you still in the pain of Easter Saturday, the pain of uncertainty, the pain of waiting, of not knowing? Perhaps you're staring at the events of Good Friday thinking, how on earth could Jesus possibly have done that for you? Or perhaps you're one of the disciples afterwards. You're not sure what's happening, what's coming next. You're waiting for a sign. Or perhaps you're not even sure whether it's the whole, this whole story is true or not. Wherever we find ourselves, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, we need to know that Jesus knows us so intimately, and He is the fulfillment of our biggest need. Over anything else, we need to know and remember that Jesus is our Lord and our Messiah, our comforter, our rescuer, our hope. It is okay to doubt. It's okay to ask God for signs. The Bible says that signs are given that we may believe in him. It is okay to, know, to not know what we believe or think about God know this, it is us who condemns ourselves in those moments. We name ourselves as doubters, and in doing so, we sometimes discount ourselves from the purposes of what God has for us. But in those moments, if you find yourself in that place, I want you to remember Thomas and how Jesus met him, where he was at, showed him what he needed to see, and helped him realize who he was. His Lord and his God. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to sing our, a song, but Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that you see us exactly where we are. I pray for any of us who are in difficult circumstances this morning. I pray for comfort and for peace and for assurance. But Jesus, we thank you that you died on the cross for us, for we thank you that you rose again, and we thank you that you appeared to those disciples, giving them the proof of who you were and who you are and who you forever will be, our Lord Jesus Christ, our Messiah, the servant king who died in our place and was, erect, was resurrected and now lives and reigns forever with God. We worship you, Jesus. Amen.